Everybody, this is Charlie from Anthrax, and you are listening to today's Boondoggle. This is Mark Metcalf, and you are listening to today's Boondoggle with Bailey and Domain Cleveland Radio. You are listening to today's Boondoggle with Bailey on Domain Cleveland Radio. Yes, Kato Kalen listens to this all the time. Rise again, 311, Cedar, Mudvan, many more. May 16th through the 19th, Columbus, Ohio. Tickets on sale now at SonicTempleFestival.com. Man, I had to stretch it a little bit, you know, but. What's going on, everybody? It's Bill Bailey with today's Boondoggle. Uh, real quick housekeeping note, if you're watching us on YouTube or Rumble or BitChute or Odyssey, please hit that follow and subscribe button. And if you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple, Google, uh, whatever podcast platform you utilize, please hit that follow and subscribe button so we can continue to bring you conversations like the ones I'm about to bring you today. It's it's another day. We're dealing with another demon. What's going on, guys? How's it so, going, man? We got uh, Frank and Max here from uh, band Another Demon. And uh, usually when I have people on for the first time, I like to get a quick background. So uh, I'll start with you, Frank. Originally, what did you want to be when you grew up? <laughs> Me? I, <Yeah. laughs> I wanted to be a guitarist in a metal band. They ain't going to lie. I grew up in an, uh, in an 80s hair metal band. So <laughs> I always wanted to be kind of like my parents. So, uh, And uh, then instead of hair metal, I saw King Diamond and Ingve and then exodus and my life was over after that <laughs> nice what about you max so we're going with what we wanted to be like when we were like little we were kids and, and it yeah. didn't have to be a music thing yeah yeah oh come on man i wanted to do the standard astronaut thing man you know or like go look for like you know dinosaur bones or some stuff Am I? Yeah, are, we, yeah. are we allowed to curse? Or are we not supposed to? Yeah, curse? yeah, yeah. This is uh, this an adult program. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Um, yeah, and then uh, you know, then I wound up doing completely other things. But that's great. Yeah, very New York friendly program I got here, so we're good. I appreciate I'm, that. I'm retired Navy, so I got the sailor's mouth myself. Uh -huh. so. Yeah, cast <laughs> the fucking butter. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, like. I mean, Frank kind of already said it, but like uh, for you, Max, when did uh, the the music thing kind of catch your attention? So I was I was born in a in a household where there was music, although my parents were not musical. My dad was like an aficionado, though. He used to work during the late '60s and '70s at the Fillmore East, 
Um, and so he was around all that, you know, wild stuff back then. And so I heard all that. And then it, <laughs> the, the defining moment for metal, me, for metal for me was my local library actually had vinyl, right? And so I went in one day and there was this album that had this amazing cover, just like a sick ass cover. And it was this iron looking eagle thing and it was yellow and, or gold looking and whatever, screaming for vengeance. Mm. And uh, I took that home and I listened to it and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I actually asked my father, cause I, I just, I respect him and I love him so much. I was like, do you mind if I listen to this, is this okay? And he was like, listen to whatever you want, man. So then I went back to the library and I got all sorts of cool stuff, Maiden stuff and like Deep Purple and Sabbath. It was amazing. So that got me onto, onto all that stuff. And then um, I went to, then I, then I got into the natural progression from there was like, you know, 85, 86, all the great initial thrash records came out. And then that just like, you know, knocked me out. And then I went to see, you know, maybe 87 or something. I went to see King Diamond live at Lemoore and the Cro-Mags opened up. Oh, nice. And all of a sudden, these dudes were sitting on these other dudes' backs, going into the pit and going crazy and whatever. And I'd never seen anything like that. And I went, what is this? And... um I bought Age of Quarrel the next day, and then that brought me into the whole hardcore thing. Um, and then that's it. I mean, been you know, been hardcore and and thrash metal, and then of course a lot of other music in my life too. Besides that, nice, nice. Yeah, I, you know, he brought back the memories for me too. Is like how good we had it with with. I, I mean, hopefully, you know, I see vinyl kind of making a comeback, but I was always like a visual person you know it's like the artwork and stuff would attract you to it and i remember uh like i've shared this story multiple times but it's like you know one christmas because you know here we are christmas weekend you know and i remember like my sister was like in rod stewart and leaf garrett and shit like that back in the day and you know she's opening up the her, her albums and there they are and then for whatever reason like my dad or somebody got her kiss alive yeah and she was just like what is this? Ew. And I'm sitting across the room and I'm just like, oh, you know, yeah, yeah. give me that. Yeah. And then that was it. Then I was off, man. You know, it's just like <laughs> the visuals. And then being able to sit there and like read the lyrics and what, listen, you know, just go on that journey when you play the record, you know, and go through the artwork and stuff. It's just, you know, I, I hope it keeps making a comeback because all this, uh, the stream and stuff, I mean, it's convenient, but, you know, you lose that. You know, absolutely. I, I was in um, I was in a record store yesterday um, just shopping for my dad and uh, the whole the thing of flipping through. Right. You know, flipping yeah. through and, and you know, stopping or passing at various things and things that, you know, a lot of things that, you know, already. And you're like, ah, that's cool just to see that, you know, or something that you're like, oh, wow, that's a re-release. That's really cool. I grabbed like three things for myself. Um, and I'll say one other thing about that, too, that you basically mentioned was, you know, when when you're using a digital device for years before, like now we have Spotify and all that, where they'll show you like artwork and stuff like that. Remember with like with earlier, earlier digital stuff like the iPod, it was just all black and white. It was just a song name, 
you know, the, the album, yeah. the song name, whatever. And it was just black and white and you would just scroll through. There was nothing to it. Yeah. It's very sterile. Yeah. It just, it missed everything, you know? Yeah. You're right. It was convenient, but it, there's nothing like, I got my vinyl collection over there. There's nothing. Yeah. Like yeah. Well, it was like, you know, I mean, I, I just came from the gym and it's convenient to throw on my headphones and then, you know, get on Apple music and like, all right, what do I need to get me, get me through yep. this workout or whatever, you know? So it's good to have that there, but yeah, the, the art of just, you know, cause it, that's part of like the rush of the world. Everything's like, hurry, hurry, hurry. And that, you know, when we, it's almost like getting into meditation or something, you know, when we just get to chill and listen to our album and like the world stands still for a little bit and, yep. and then there's something to it, man. It's like, a, yeah. it's a spiritual experience. That New Absolutely. York time everybody's getting into, you know, with the, with the give it to me now. You yeah. remind me a story. We we played in Wallingford not too long ago, a couple of weeks ago. And on my ride over to the venue, I passed the, uh, the Trumbull Mall in Connecticut. And there was an FYE that I used to stop there before when I went to rehearsal with my old band uh, a while ago. And I would do the same thing, flip through, look at all the artwork, look at this, look at that. And, you know, when you're when you're doing stuff with a band, you want to see what's relevant and this and that. It's like you felt more connected. Music was tangible. Now it's yeah. just an abstract thing and people are so flippant with it instead of being able to grab onto something. And, you know, that's why, you know, merch is great. You know, when you're, when you, when you got good artwork and you could at least get it out to the fans at the show, you know, then, then there's a connection that they don't know the kind of connection that we used to have, but they're getting a taste of it there, you know? Yeah. 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 I mean, that's another thing going back to kiss, man. They knew how to market, you know, <laughs> man, uh, lunch boxes, comics, yeah. Toys. Coffins. Yeah. Dime bags in a kiss coffin, isn't he? Uh, yeah. Yeah. With Eddie yeah. Van Halen's guitar, I believe. With Eddie Van Halen's guitar. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So look at that, man. Wow. That's like a time capsule in itself. You know? Yeah. Kind of literally, but you know. <laughs> yeah. But then, uh, so you know, you start going to shows. You guys start, uh, you know, when was it where you guys started performing yourself and getting into, you know, playing? I'll defer to Frank on that first. Oh, me. Uh, so the first ever performance I had, um, it was three dudes, me and uh, two other guys. Uh, one's a marine and. Uh, the other one's not with us anymore, but we were playing a graduation party as like an impromptu thing at a uh, at a VFW up in Brewster, New York, and we literally scared the shit out of everybody but four people in the room, and we enjoyed every minute of it. So we just kept going. You know, we were playing like death metal and Slayer stuff, and uh, you know, sucking at it too. It wasn't, wasn't it. <laughs> but it was fun, and uh, you know, ever since then, it's been like. Uh, we had like a little bit of a steamroll and it was, it was fun. We've uh, I I've personally played, I know Max does as well uh, played not only in the States, but in Canada and in Europe. And it just, it just, it's such a great feeling, especially when you're in a place where you have never been before, have absolutely no clue what to expect. And there are people just into it. And it's, you know, it's, it's such a great rewarding feeling as a musician. So from that record, from from that first show or 
I, was that the show that we are now that you gave us the recording of for the new song that we're working on? No, so that was that was funny too. So when I first started my my first real band, uh, it was called Metadox. Um, we played a battle of the bands at Brewster High School, and I was the only one that was not in high school. I wasn't a super senior; I had graduated my regular high school. <laughs> my bandmates were in that high school, and we played an instrumental set of um some thrashy death metal and we won the battle of the bands it was it was fun so uh it, we we were lucky enough to get a recording of the show off of a camcorder that was made into an mp3 so the quality of it is like crazy but you know it feels like one of those old school underground albums so it's pretty fun yeah and then so he handed that to us and was like you know i'd like to do this song this is you know in honor of my buddy Mm -hmm. um and so it's one that we've been working on now from you know however long ago that was decades right yeah. and uh so it's that's really cool right all the way from your earliest you know shows to to you know reorganizing it somewhat and putting it together now so it's really cool yeah, yeah. nice and then like max so uh you know you talked about that experience at uh seeing king diamond and the crow mags and stuff and then when did uh you know um you start getting the the itch to start playing yeah so so that you know um that story is 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 one of my favorites um so i i had put together a band uh you know the local thing that we all do right with a couple of guys and and um i'm i might be like a couple of uh you know weeks maybe a year or two older than frank let's just say you know um and uh so I wound up uh, putting a band together and, and they, you know, everybody's gone on to do some really cool things, but that was at the time when CBs was at its, you know, at the matinee peak. So I went down um, by myself one time. So we hadn't played a show yet. This was the, with, with my band, but we, we rehearsed a lot. We hadn't played a show yet. We were young. It was really young. And we went, I went down to CBs. I forget who I was there with, but whatever. Anyway, and we, you know, we kind of all knew each other. And I was talking to Pete Kohler and um, he was saying something about Armand leaving. And, uh, and I just, yeah, he was like, yeah, I'm a, I'm, I'm a drummer or whatever. And he's like, give me your number. And I'm like, what? I'm like, you know, 16, I was 16. So I'm sure I'm like, sure. All right. I'll give you, you know, and then like, I went home and I was like, ah, Pete Kohler asked me for my number. Pete Kohler asked me for my number, like whatever. And I didn't hear anything for six months. In the meantime, my my band that I had put together had played, and it was fun and all that. Six months later, I get a call, and it was Pete, and he told me to come down, and and I I played with them for a few days, and next thing I know, we were playing at the Anthrax. Um, so that was literally the first couple of shows, like it was the first shows I ever played, and then from then on, you know, I I got sort of. Uh, it was a bit of a hired gun in a whole slew of different bands. Um, and then, you know, branched off and did all sorts of other things and played music in different ways and then got the itch and now here we are. Well, I mean, you don't have to be so humble on here, man. It's all right. You know, I mean, you got to play with, uh, you know, I, I read Sick of It All, H2O, 
mm-hmm. and uh, Murphy's Law and stuff. Like, what were those? Uh, well, I didn't know. I mean, I can get into it. It's, it's not, I mean, I, I try to be a nice guy, but it's, you know, the question was like, how did you, you know, how did you first get into it and all that kind of stuff? So I didn't want to, you know, yeah. go crazy with all the, all the stories and stuff. But, you know, basically like one thing leads to another, you know, and that's, that's really important is to, you never know, right? So well, it's all very well connected. A lot of those, those. Sure. Camps. Sure. So, but you also like, you also, I think have to have to, you know, be conscious too, and not just be like a dummy walking around. Like you have to, you have to be good at your craft. Right. Yeah. And, and when you're at, when you're, when you're playing, right. And, and you uh, are representing whatever that band is in that moment, like, you know, there's certain like you should you should be a professional. You know. Oh yeah. I'm not yeah. saying I wasn't an idiot. I was a young idiot, but at the same time, I knew and I loved what I did. You know, so it's like, all right, man, shit. I just got off stage playing with Burn. Like, fuck, man. Like that was badass, and I'm gonna carry myself that way. Not conceited, but I'm gonna carry myself that way. And then you know, you never you never know. You meet somebody else, and and they ask you to do something. And you go and you do it and you 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 act professionally, you show up on time, you do the things you gotta do. And and that's that's really important stuff, man, that people don't really oh, talk yeah. about. Yeah. I mean, it may sound it may not sound crazy, but that's really that's really important. No, so, no, I I you know, I agree a hundred percent. I try and teach that to my daughters. You never know who's watching and who's in the room with you, you know, wherever you go. You you're you're basically, I mean. They, they invited you into their home, you know, into their family. And you don't want yeah, to disrespect yeah. the family while you're there. Like, I mean, I, when I was in the military, it's like wherever we, we went, we had to respect the cultures, you know. Yeah. Talking, but first and foremost, you respect, you know, you're representing the United States military, you know. And, yeah, were there a lot of us that became idiots, you know, at just add alcohol, you know. and then. Right. Right. That was, my favorite, that was my favorite additive. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I get what I, I totally connect with you and what you're saying. Cause then that opens so many other doors, Yeah, you know, for like, Hey man, we, we need a guy. And then you got all those amazing opportunities. So that's, ex- so I'll just, I'll just jump in on that one real quick. Right. That's exactly how the Murphy's law thing happened. So I had, I had been subbing for, this is the second time I had subbed for sick of it all. Um, and I forget the exact, you know, dates and things like that. Right. But, uh, you know, 90 something, whatever it was. And so I was under the impression that I was going to be going out. uh, We were going to be going to Europe together. Um, and then at the last minute, Armand came back in, which was fine, but I was, I, I didn't really have anything to do. Um, and, uh, so then I, I got a call from Todd Youth at some point, and he asked if I would come down and check it out. And it was because people had, you know, had just cross communication, you know. Yeah. And uh, so then, so then I went out. I wound up going out the same amount of time I would have been out with Sick of It All, but just with Murphy's Law, which is great. So I picked up another gig, and it was terrific. So. I mean, word of mouth. This guy's a professional, and he had a good reputation. Is that. Yeah, definitely is huge. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Uh, I was thinking about, uh, you know, the first time I met like Jimmy G, I was I was still in the military and I was out at like, I think it's called Kings Point, New York, outside um, outside the outside the city. It was like a um, 
Merchant Marine Academy. I was okay. there for some training. Wait, and I'm curious, where? Do you remember? I thought it was called Kings Point. It probably is, but like, was it in Queens or was it up like, like in the it, Hudson? I mean, Long Island it, or it, like the Hudson? It was up outside, like in, in it was very nice area outside uh, of of Manhattan. Okay, you know, and I had to take the bridge to go in, so oh, we had the okay. weekend off, and it just so mm -hmm. happened, like, uh, I think terror uh, or my well, my my one buddy Aaron, who used to be in Integrity, was living out in New York at the time. So then I had the weekend off. I went to see him and spend the weekend with him. And just so happened that Terror was coming through uh, that weekend as well. And Frank, uh, uh, Florida Frank, who's now in Hatebreed, you know, he was my old roommate here in Ohio. He uh, was playing with Terror at the time, so we went and hung out with Terror, and that was the first time I met met Vinny Sigma. Uh -huh and stuff you know got to go to new york hardcore tattoo and everything <laughs> right, right. And after the, after the show we we went to manitobas yeah uh, yeah and and uh you know i'm there on military duty but I, I had the weekend off you know i wasn't in uniform or anything but we're making small talk i get introduced to Vinny and shit and it's like yeah yeah i'm here uh you know military training next thing i know like Vinny gets up on the bar and he's like listen all you motherfuckers this guy here is better than anybody in this fucking and i'm like dude what are you doing you're gonna get me killed you know <laughs> yeah yeah this nah, guy nah. our country everybody's like oh, you know? yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, that's awesome wow you just brought up man i mean the, the manitobas man holy shit yeah you know, like, i'm just I mean, like i forget just because it's a, a you know it's been a while like that whole that whole part of the Lower East Side was really fun. Like there was yeah. there was a lot of really cool places to hang out, and you know it it's like besides a lot of the places that you that you've heard of, like there was Dick, you know, Manitobas, right? Um, or you originally too there was um, before it got kind of posh. There was um, Niagara, and then Seven uh, B, um, and something else I'm forgetting, but we would just make the rounds, you know, and wherever you went, like, you'd be like, hey, cool, you know, all that kind of stuff. And you'd hang out with everybody all night. It's great. But that's an amazing introduction to like hanging out, man. You're, oh, yeah, you're man. Hanging I mean, out. Next thing you know, Vinny's on the bar and he's like ah, doing his Vinny yeah. thing for you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was, uh, I mean, I, I mean, I, it felt like I was getting knighted. Or something, you know, like <laughs> you, my were. Team, you know, and shit. Yeah, you, know? you were, man. But at the time, I was just like, I was like, holy shit, I'm gonna die. <laughs> but uh, no, it was uh, it was awesome, and like, yeah, me and Vinny have been have been cool ever since, and uh, all those guys, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, let's get, you know, when did uh, another demon then come together for you guys? I will defer to Frank. I was going to defer to you, but that's fine. I've been so, talking too much, dude. I, I've been talking too much. My uh, my old bandmate uh, and drummer, uh, another Frank. So by by for the first little bit of this band, we were going just by our initials to tell each other apart. Right. Um, we uh, we started jamming after a while. Uh, we hadn't played with each other in a long time, so we started jamming like right when everybody started feeling comfy after COVID uh and he and i were not like really covid scared people so we didn't care about getting together uh and he had a space so we got there we got in the space and uh you know we were jamming some stuff and it was having we were having fun i put an ad out on craigslist and then this fucking guy answered 
And I had no idea because it's like, you know, we had a couple of people answer and I, I worded it specifically that, you know, we didn't really want kids. We wanted, you know, mature, serious musicians uh, looking to see where things are going. Right. So I ended up meeting Max at a, at a place uh, called Blazers, which is now kind of like a, a sacred place for us to go. Um, Good bar, uh, Good bar. After... How many beers? <laughs> uh, we hit it off. We had a great connection. Um, we jammed a couple times with everybody in the band. And then uh, we went in and we went straight into recording. And uh, it took us a little bit because we had a little bit of a personnel change thing and people had health issues and whatnot. Um, so that recording um, that we have out now, Frank Vaterina uh played drums on um and we did the arrangements and some uh he wrote some lyrics to some of the songs um we had that i did all the guitars uh for pretty much every every i did all the guitars on every song and uh you know max did the bass and sang obviously he did a great job um we then added in a friend of max's from a while ago that we all met together at a possessed show in New York City. Uh, his name is June Takashita, right? Is that it right? Takeshita. And uh, close Takeshita. enough. Yeah, spell it Takashita. Uh, but uh, <laughs> he came in and he laid down some great leads. And uh, we were fortunate enough too that uh, I'm friends with James Murphy from uh, Testament and Obituary. Um, for him to do some work with us too. So he did a guest spot on one of our songs and uh, came together pretty nicely. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I, I'm pretty proud of it. I, yeah. I, I honestly, I can't, I can't lie. I'm most proud of this recording than I am of everything else I've ever done. Yeah. Cause it's a, it's, it's solid and it's a true representation of us instead of uh, other people's opinions on songs and everything else. Like it really, we made what we wanted to make. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to jump in on that and fill a little bit of a blank too. Mm. So the whole reason that, um, that I answered the thing on Craigslist, right. Um, and it always, it all reminds me of like years and years ago of, um, picking up the village voice and like going through the ads, like for, for bands and stuff. Cause a million years ago, that's what you had to do. You had to put a fucking ad in the village voice, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, but it's, you know, so people, I, I think, like, when they hear Craigslist, they might be like, oh, anybody could do that or whatever. But, like, you got to sift through a lot of people. Um, but I had also just put out um, a, a, a four-song EP, and that's what you heard. So when I, when I responded, that's what you heard. And so you knew that I was doing something that, you know, had a sort of a vocal style and you know, some of the writing style that was, you know, that, that you liked. Right. So it wasn't just, yeah. we were like, you know, out of no, it was, it was out of nowhere, but it wasn't out of nowhere musically. Sure. Uh, yeah. And the other thing was these guys wind up, it, they live like, you know, 20 minutes, half hour from me. And I'm going like, wait a minute, they've been doing this kind of stuff. They knew each other for years. They've been doing this stuff for, for years. Who the hell are these guys? And, uh, you know, so then, we, you know, we got together and it was really, it was really great. It just, it worked out so well. And I have to give a quick shout out to 
uh, Richie Kennan from Sub Zero, who runs this, who is the engineer and runs the studio um, that we did it at up in Brewster. It's called Barking Dog Studios, and I've been doing everything uh, for years there. And the sound on that thing—it's my—it's the thing I'm most proud of too. The sound on that thing is just is incredible. He's a wizard, man. Guy's a wizard. And he's got a lot of toys for us to play with in the studio that make it sound primo awesome. Yeah, yeah he's a great guy. Do you, great guy. Do you know Richie? Uh, no. Okay, so you know Sub Zero though, right? Uh, yeah, but I mean, I I know of them, but I didn't, okay. Uh, I figured everybody. I figured everybody knows Lou, and if, you know, and yeah, uh, know, and maybe yeah. Richie. So yeah, I mean, I was more like uh. uh in with like Isaac and the Scarhead, yeah, gotcha. Guys, and then Madball gotcha. and stuff, and then obviously you know Agnostic Front. Yep, you know? gotcha. But uh, and then you know um, I wanted to uh, I wanted to talk about the EP name because I'm very into like uh, the occult and uh, you know the conspiracy world and stuff like that. So it obviously mm -hmm. not my name, but uh, what was your guys's inspiration for uh, As Above, So Below? Should we should we deflate? Should we deflate a little bit of that or no? <laughs> sure, go ahead. Yeah. So when I got in there to their studio where they where they were jamming, there was you know they had all sorts of like you know stuff on the walls and whatever, and there was one of these like little you know like little scroll things, and it said "as above, so below." And I'm aware of the phrase, you know, and I I I love the idea of it. Um, so I was like, oh, awesome fucking name for a song. And then the way what I wrote for the lyrics was really about um, it, it's a little bit different than than the what people take it as as the you know for the meeting meaning, but it's really just kind of an expansion of it. My whole thing is like basically a, a, a soul that's trapped, all right and mm -hmm. the the character, the person, whatever you want to call it, the entity, is the messenger between both worlds and basically has to see what happens in both worlds at all times um, and is basically sort of advising people on what's going to happen. And it's not good. Yeah. Yeah. And and musically for uh, for the way that we arrange the song, you know, there's, a, there's a big clean dip in the middle of the song before it comes into a uh, much more crazy uh, fast paced portion. And it's like you know you're traveling down and then you're coming back up, but you're that's the part that you're getting lit on fire with. You know, it's a uh, it's a it's a real uh, it's a real nice song to play and uh, you can get a little spiritual while we're doing it. You know, yep. so it, it, it's definitely our, our end of show ritual. Yep. And, uh, yeah, it's a, there's a little musical catharsis going on there, at least in my head on the stage. I know, uh, I know same with Max. Yep. Yeah. Well, kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier about how it was like, you know, it could be a spiritual experience when you're sitting down and still and going, listening a lot of old vinyls too. Like they, the whole, the whole, uh, record told like a story from beginning to end. You know, every every song is there something kind of similar with that uh, EP? Well, the themes are the themes, you know. Uh, that I, we did because it was because it was a collection of songs that you know we had come together on. Um, yeah. It 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 wasn't thematic in that way. Although you know, stuff that we're writing now, 
is definitely uh, we look at it definitely as what will what would work together, right? Um, which is really really fun because you know we're at we're we're really you um, writing our own stuff that is comes from everybody at this point. A train um, text a day with ideas. Yeah. But you know the 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 goal with this first one was just to write stuff that was um, certainly dark. It's very important. Um, but I also I, I try to be interesting. I try not to say things the exact same way that a lot of other people do. So um, uh, you know it's just it's just the way the way I I like to write stuff. So um, if I think about the different songs, right. Um, yeah, so the first one actually was basically kind of written for me, right? So um, Reduced to Ash, which is uh, an Evil Dead reference. Then right. um, second is... Deaf Gods. Deaf Gods. Okay, so Deaf Gods, that was kind of, that was one of the first ones I wrote. So Deaf Gods is definitely, you know, that's, that's about um, basically being let down. Um, and there's some autobiographical aspects to it. Uh, being really let down when I really felt like I could have used some kind of spiritual help um, and feeling like they were all deaf when I needed them. Um, and then uh, Skull Vessel is just a song I wrote about crazy ritual stuff that I thought was pretty cool. Um, and then we have Drawn and Quartered, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and drawn and quartered, that's just, that's pure history. You know, that's about what they used to do to people oh, yeah. who were, you know, who were, who were intelligent and experimenting with science in a time when people didn't uh, appreciate that to say the least. And you'd wind up. Burn the witch. Yeah. You know, <laughs> or just yeah. for funsies. Yeah. Yeah. Or just for funsies if they didn't like the person. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and that. that was the track you worked with, uh, James on yeah. recording too, yeah. right? That yeah, was yeah, yeah was Frank. Frank, you get, you can defer to that. How you know? Yeah, no, I, I uh, we we have some mutual friends, and uh, you know, we chat all the time about gear and stuff like that. You know, because we're you know, this is the best time in the world to be a guitarist in in you know with the amount of gear that's out there that you could buy. And James is a big gearhead, and he owns a studio in Florida, so uh, we chatted it up, and I sent him the track. I was like, hey, what do you think about this? And the first thing that he sends me back in all caps with exclamation points is thrash. And he, you know, <laughs> he hasn't really been playing th uh, thrash in a while. And he, he, uh, you know, he, he took his time with it. And I will say, uh, he, and he, he thought it out pretty, uh, pretty well what he wanted to do. And, uh, I'm grateful to him, uh, because he's, uh, he's a phenomenal guitarist and, uh, he didn't like try to outplay everybody in the band. You know, there's some people you ask to do a guest spot and they're like, okay, I have to pull out every stop in the book to just throw this into a song. And you're like, I can never replicate that. What the hell does this guy do? He, he, he put like 12 tracks on a solo, but uh, <laughs> James played with us, not, not, you know, not at us. And that, that was a good, that was a good thing. Um, and I'm, I'm grateful to him with that. You know, I also want to give a shout out to, um, to uh one other person that that helped uh with the album it's like a kind of like a i don't want to say a silent editor but like i valued his opinion and uh carl sanders from nile um i talk with him all the time he's a, he's a good friend too and uh 
he loves our stuff. And it, it, it made me feel good that he said that. Uh, Deaf Gods in particular, he was like, I could listen to this song all day. You guys really nailed it. And he says, you guys are like, you know, you're taking that whole Slayer vibe and you're killing it and you're making it heavier. You know, nice. so that felt good. Nice. And uh, one of the main things that, oh, go ahead, Max. You had I was something? gonna say too, James Murphy played on I don't know, maybe one of my top three, at least, Testament records, too, right? He played with Lombardo on The Gathering. So, like, you know, that's that record is so sick, man. So that's, like, that's just a big thing for me, too. So, uh, uh, yeah. so one of the main things that I really wanted to ask you guys about, too, because I'm curious about this whole process and, and bringing us back to vinyls and, and, and pressing vinyls and stuff, but you guys have uh, – you're getting ready to put out a single with, uh, I mean, for people like there's a message and inspiration, um, or, you know, just, uh, personal messages that people can get or whatever in the process. So there's only going to be like one of, you know, they're going to be very unique. How is this? Explain this for the, for the audience, <laughs> this process and, and, and the, the inspiration of, of doing this. Okay, no, 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 no. You start, and then I'll fill in. All right. So, because it was you who they they contacted initially. Fair. Okay. So, um, there's a small record company slash record shop uh, in Brooklyn, New York, called Least of All Records. Right. Uh, spelled very funny. So it took me a second to figure out that that's what it was. L e s t, and then a v a l l. Yeah. Least of all records uh, contacted us, uh, a young lady by the name of Emily, and uh, she said she heard our stuff. Uh, she saw that we were booked up in Rochester, and she gave our stuff a listen, and she wanted to do a direct-to-vinyl recording with us. So she explained the process, and we basically go into their studio. Uh, they mic everything up. Uh, they get some levels, and uh, we do a straight live recording. One shot. One, one song, just like that. One song. It's a seven-inch vinyl. It's only one song that we're able to do, um, and we do a pre-order for the song. And however many we sell, however many copies we we do that day, uh, we have a little note for the people that uh, that purchase it uh, that gets added onto it, and that's it. We can't record more than five minutes of music on the on the seven-inch. And the cool thing about, I, I think, the thing that that pulled me into it was. The reason why it's done that way is because they have this really old, I don't know, like 50s or something lathe cut machine. Mm -hmm. So as you're playing it, right, like, yeah, it's, it's going through the board or whatever there. Yeah, it's going through their board. But on the other end, it's immediately being etched into the into the, the glass. Um, uh, what do they call that? The glass uh, master. Or, yeah, the glass master of yeah. the seven inch. So like, that's it, man. Like they, you hit go and that's it. And you can, you know, give the shout out to people, like, you know, say, say their names and things like that. But it's really cool. Cause it's cutting it right then and there. Yeah. yeah that's sweet, man. Yeah, I, it's really I cool. That concept and uh, definitely, you know, uh, something that uh, unique for the, the, the fans to yeah. uh, you know, yeah. latch on to and put it put their order in it yeah. reminded me a little bit of i mean it's kind of different because it's like you know it's like the keychains where you find your child's name 
or whatever. But I, when I was a kid, there was like my mom and dad got me this little like vinyl that was for Billy. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Happy birthday, Billy! That's you know, awesome. Man. For all the Billies, it wasn't just for me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was for you, man. That day, that was for you. Yeah, I well, love that. I mean, that's if so you cool. Go through you guys, though, in order to this, it right, right, right. Yeah, that's Fuck true. All those other that's Billies. <laughs> I think we have to like, right? Don't we have to say like in the beginning? We have to say the people's names that we're shouting out. And I believe so. song. It's almost like a vinyl cameo, you guys. Are it's doing. a vinyl, yeah, exactly. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. So. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's pretty sweet, man. I, I, I definitely uh, interested in that concept. So, like, if, if, uh, hey, can I jump on that for a second? Yeah. So the song title for that, we're doing a new song called "Get Dead," and I'm wondering if this is a a, a familiar concept to you. All right. So the lyrics are about um, the old kill cards that, you know, in World War II and in Nam, when, you know, a, a division or I'm not sure if the wording is correct, but would wind up killing a bunch of the enemy. They would take the, the, the card out of the deck, the ace of spades, right? Yeah. And either put it in their pocket or nail it to their head. I'm, I'm sure you've heard of this. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's what I wrote the song about. Songs are, is about kill cards. Yeah. So it's yeah. like if you want to buy it for, like, if you want to buy this this uh, seven inch for your ex, is that kind of like sending a kill card or what? <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's a, there's a marketing idea, man. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> Don't give it away. <laughs> Send your ass direct to vinyl. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i think that concept's like really sweet and if if like uh anybody you know any of the fans uh watching and want to you know are curious about maybe putting in an order uh because i think when's the deadline for this thing uh the day that we record which is the 21st of january so okay. uh we have a uh, we have a little bit of time if uh people still want to do a pre-order on it but uh it's only going to be available through pre-order, and um, Max and I are—we uh, love vinyls too. So yeah. we're going to pre-order some ourselves. Yeah, not, we're not going to shout out to ourselves, but we're going to get some, and maybe at our shows we'll have uh, a limited amount yeah. uh, to pick up at on the on our merch tables. But um, yeah, but yeah, it's very limited. Order it. It, yeah. yeah. If you so, put least of all records. If you just put least of all another demon in a Google search, the page comes straight up. Okay, yeah, that's what I was going to ask, like where people could go if they want to get get yeah. on there and put an order and, in. And we have um, we have a link tree uh, on our Instagram, on our Facebook. Uh, we have we have links all over the place, and um, you know we even have ads out on social media too uh, for the pre order. So it's it's real easy to find it. Um, so yeah, if people get to your guys' socials, there'll be a guide there. Like where would uh you know for the fans that might be new hearing about you guys on this too, where would you refer fans to go check check you guys out at or follow? Uh, I would say Instagram is is probably the uh the best one for for people to go to. Um for, because you know, we also we need the uh we need the support too. It's great that people like us, but they click it, it makes it even better. Yeah, uh, so uh, Instagram I'm is on that. Instagram.com forward slash 
another underscore demon underscore official. Uh, you know, because right. you can't use spaces anymore. You have to use underscores. Uh, but you know, we're we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on uh, Spotify, we're on iTunes, Bandcamp. Our Bandcamp is another demon dot bandcamp dot com. That's um, a good spot too, just because you. So Frank is a master of this stuff, um, and there, there's it's a real it's a good place to get merch too. And yeah. he's also a merch master, so like he's got he, you know, there's really really stuff on there. And I'm not trying to just be a salesman. It's cool stuff. We got we got tons of shirts and. Uh, one thing I will say is uh, that's really shocked me about our response. We've sold out of merch twice already, and we've only been out since September 22nd, 2003, uh, 23, right? No, so we've wow. only been out, what, three uh, three months yeah. as of tomorrow, Yeah. right? And we've sold out of our merch twice already. And it's wow. not like we had one T-shirt. That's a, a good problem to have, though. Yeah, exactly. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. The, the 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 reception the response however you want to say it has been so fucking cool and so much fucking fun yeah so it's you know it's a, it's been such a blast yeah but i feel you on that whole like you know the help with the social media thing man it's just it's another thing of where everything's headed like you know it's like certain interviews like i i try and get ah you don't got enough likes i'm like I got people like me. I don't know, you know, but yeah, you know, <laughs> media likes. What are you talking about? You know, so, if we were in a bar, I'd buy you beer. We'd sit down. We talk <laughs> like each other. What's the matter? Yeah, you don't have enough <laughs> likes, man. Like I, uh, you know, I know. The thing I, I'm not going to complain though, and I know you're not either, just because like when you think about doing this stuff compared to when we first started, right? Years, a million years ago, let's say. Yeah. Um, the advantages that we do have with social media, right, far outweigh any difficulty that they may um, present to us as a band because it's so much easier for people to find out about you. Now, I mean, it used to be really fun, right? Like, you go down to CBs and there used to be some records, um, some is was the name of the place, mm-hmm. um, right, right down there. And you'd go down and you'd be like, ah, what's this you know this tape today you know what who put out a demo and whatever and it was awesome but you got to remember like that was pretty local you know yeah, yeah. um maybe if a band came down from you know the northeast or something and they brought a few um demo tapes to to drop off you know and and if it was a seven inch that was a huge investment um that's what you got you know and then there was like mail order that you would hear like from word of mouth which was fucking super fun right but now, obviously, if we can get to, you know, uh, Australia, you know, by like going, boop. Yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. No, there's a lot of benefits, like you said. Yeah, for sure. I remember I, I used to do, uh, uh, I was a promoter here in Cleveland. You know, I book shows and, and clubs back in the day. And like my first show, actually, I did was this place called the, the Fantasy Nightclub out, out here in uh, Lakewood. And it, it was headlined by Scarhead and Ringworm. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh yeah so it, it but but you know it, you would go to kinkos with the band logos and, and make your own little flyers and shit <laughs> and then you'd, you'd be like at the record exchange and at the other clubs and yeah. on friggin uh, telephone poles and whatever yeah. man, to, to promote there wasn't like yeah. you know 
because half the time people are saying they're going to come to your thing on Facebook just to be nice, you know, or they're, they're or I'm usually the maybe guy, just so interested, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, interested or maybe guy, just so it's like, I'm not saying no, but yeah. I'm probably not coming, but you know, yeah, 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 but, yeah you know, but it was like, it was the hustle was real though, man. And uh-huh. that's how, you know, I remember so many uh, guys that I, I ran with here locally that, that I would see them see them and i see why they're at where they're at today and the ones right. that didn't put in the work you know right. same thing right. you know but, you know it's, it's something about that too can, can i just like add when we yeah. just played in rochester right the event on facebook had 23 people going so we were like driving up there like uh six hours shit you know, 23 people we got there it was like almost 200 people in the club so you know some people just don't want to click the fucking button just click right. the button yeah. you know yeah, make yeah. me feel good while i'm while i'm going there you know yeah yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. And yeah. we were going. It anyway. takes the anxiety out, you know. Yeah, right. we were going anyway. But yeah, we were going anyway. We were going to play the Bug Jar in Rochester. We were just yeah. fucking psyched. But like, you know, we were like, okay, so if this winds up being, you know, just a few people and it's a great, you know, we have we just have a blast. Fuck it, that's awesome. And then it wound up being awesome. Yeah, uh, just take it back to that uh, VFW experience. You know, you're yeah. having a blast. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I wanted to jump into and ask you a quick question. Back to that Scarhead show at the time, right? Yeah. Do you remember who was playing drums at the time? Uh, it was Goat. Oh, it was Eric, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Was, and Boston Mike was still around. Yeah, was still uh, with us, so to speak. There. Um, What's that? He was still with us, so to speak. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great there. that it was that it was Goat, man. But I'll tell you Mike. what, man. You know, it's like, and that's when I first met the guys. I got introduced to him through Frank when Frank was still in Ringworm. And for being my, my first show and having a guarantee, you know, I was like, oh, I, yeah, I, this better do good, you know, or, or, or I'm dead. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. But no, it ended up going well. And we all like, they all stayed at our house. I got this picture of us the next morning. It was like a big Scarhead sleepover party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I asked because um, two, one of my, one of my absolute best buddies, um, I think he. I think he played after Goat left. Um, Mark Levy uh, played drums for them for a while, um, and then. But of course, you know Goat as well, who's also a great, great buddy of mine, and known him for a hundred million years because we're drummers. He played in Murphy's Law, I think, right after I did, and all that. So anyway, that's why I asked. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was it was a good uh, experience, and it went you know it went well. And then I you know I had a decent run in that that world for a. For a little bit and got made a lot of friends that i'm still friends with today because i you know you just try and do business right and yep. you know people remember that like you said that professionalism thing i wasn't always professional i'm not saying that because i i mean I, i'm i'm 14 years sober now but let's just say mm-hmm. back then i was running a little too you know yeah, a little too hot on some things. <laughs> yeah 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 exactly but uh but i always treated i out to the best of my ability always treated the bands right and yeah they remember that today there's guys that i run into and it you know pays off i go up to the club oh you don't have to pay cover come on you took care of me back in the day and right yeah right you know yeah and let me say this too by no means am i trying to 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 present an image that i was uh a a sober guy or anything like that when i talk about that that was not absolutely not the case but you're absolutely right like the just the the being professionally being professional business wise. That's all I mean. Yeah. You just take I don't care. Know if you remember, I don't know if you remember Cold as Life from Detroit. 
I don't. They're a hardcore uh, band from Detroit. I brought them in for a show and uh, was hoping for the big, the whole big Scarhead buzz. It was a weeknight, though, so it didn't do well at all. But I had a guarantee, you know, so I had to go to the ATM, yep. take money out of my account, man. And I, yep. I honored that. And, uh, you know, uh, later on down the line, Jeff, who was the singer at the time of Cola's Life, I went to Detroit to see uh, Mike Patton and Tomahawk. Oh, yeah. Perform. <laughs> And Jeff was running sound. He's like, you want to meet Mike Patton? I'm like, hell yeah, I do. And he took me. I got to meet Mike Patton because fucking I took care of him back in the day. He, you know, so it's yep. just like that. It, it, it was, it's just, I'm, I'm grateful, man. I look yeah. back at even all the, the hits and misses. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, uh, but if people thing, can man. say, you know, if people can look back at that and say, you know, he was a solid guy, you know, yeah. that's, that's, I think really important. Yeah, I mean that's what's most important to me, you know. Like a, a, any kind of legacy to live leave behind is just, you know, what are the people going to say about you at your funeral? You know, yeah. hopefully, you know something good. So that's yeah. it was a love I try and work towards today. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's mine. <laughs> but uh, um, so before we get ready to wrap up, I want to ask you guys a couple of questions I normally ask uh, guests I have on. Uh, who are three people who've inspired you and you can credit for making you the person you are today? You first. Okay, so all, all around, like it's not just music? Yeah, all around. Oh, man. Uh, so, okay, this is not to sound corny, right? This is the truth. Like I've been, that you know, I, I think we're all probably lucky to have at least that many people, and I hope people would have at least that many people, right? So, um, yeah, oh, man, I mean, I got to go back right off the bat. I'm going to lump, um, I'm going to lump my folks together. Right. And, and we had a hard upbringing. Um, it was a really difficult beginning of, of our, of my life and my family's life. Um, so I give them a lot of credit. I saw them. you know what it was? I saw them work their asses off, um, and we didn't, we didn't all get along, you know, so there's, so there's that, I say that, you know, cautiously, but I saw them work their asses off. And so that, that plays a huge part in, in all aspects of my life. Cause you know, I'm not playing music professionally, you know, all the time. So like I work, you know, and, and seeing how they conducted themselves and how they got us um, to where we were, to where we are today, or even where they, we were just a few years later, huge one um uh man can we go back and forth can you do one and then i'll do one and then you do one that's a great idea so we yeah, have all yeah, the time to think between bro um <laughs> i'm gonna say flat out uh the first person that uh molded me into who i am is uh is my grandfather um i was fortunate slash unfortunate enough to be born to teen parents so my grandfather was really my parent. Um, he was a uh, military guy and a politician in New York. And uh, I got to travel in a lot of circles that most people don't get to travel into. And I'm very grateful to that. Um, I learned how to uh, be a properly respectful person by him. 
Um, I also learned how to test my limitations and that old adage, uh, fuck around and find out. Uh, (laughs) It was a good, uh, it was a really good upbringing. And um, I stayed with him. Uh, I was very close with him right up until he passed away in 2017. I was there with him when he died. And uh, he, I'm still lingering with the effects of that and the fallout from that to today but um i would not have it any other way and um i can only hope to be half the man that he was wow yeah my 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 father was a world war ii marine invasion of okinawa and uh no shit he, he passed around uh you know that same time period you know mm-hmm. but it's like everything you were just saying about your grandfather i was just like thinking about my dad and and, and everything he that he did in the relationship uh, we had and how he molded me. So sorry to interject that, but yeah, you just you got you got my emotions going there too, man. Appreciate no, no, it. I think I think it's it's great that 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 you know brought that up, man. And when I think about you know the the history and and I'm big into I'm big into you know all sorts of uh, history and you know you said the Battle of Okinawa, man. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> that's amazing. It's amazing. Um, so the second one, you know, I'm I'm gonna go with the, the second the second one is also a pair, but I promised the last well the last one's also a pair too, but it's different. Um so I'll go for my second people who molded me, molded me later on in life, and actually I think have gotten me to the best place that I've been. Um, and that's my wife and my daughter. And people may say, like, ah, that's cheesy, you know, ah, you're you're your dad, your you know, your parents, and then your family. No, he's fucking family, man. I mean, these oh, are the people yeah. that like, you know. So, I'm I'm an only child. My wife is an only child, um, and so, you know, we really didn't we we didn't have we just didn't I didn't grow up with with much in the way of family, right? So she's been an incredible like uh, rudder for me. She directs me really really well. Uh, keeps me on track. And then when my daughter showed up, it just, there was this immediate moment, right, that I, of course, I'll never forget, where, like, as soon as I looked at her, I was like, uh, uh, me, lion, me, you know, me, find me, me, get food for you, me, die at job with heart attack or whatever, so you go. Um, and, uh, it, like, so many things that you talk about 13 years sober, right? Like things changed when she started being able to walk. And I was like, I need to be able to get up and get out of bed every day and do what I have to do, mm-hmm. you know, or, or, I'm a, or be a dick. Right. But like, I didn't want to be so like, yeah, a lot of habits changed. So yep. there was a lot of molding right there. Yep. Past the and, front, then, and then my last one's a music one. And and another um, you know memory bringing up for me too, man. I've been a single dad of, of two two daughters myself, you know. And uh, you know now they're young adult women in college and stuff. But uh, you know, I you know I talk about my dad and what an influence he was on me. But I probably learned most about how to be a man by raising two daughters. You know, my daughters have taught That's awesome. me. You know, so it's that's like, amazing. How old are they? Uh, 23 and my youngest will be 20 on New Year's Eve. <laughs> wow, dude. Congratulations. That's amazing. Are they, did you say they're both in college? Yeah. Yeah. And my, my youngest just got her blue belt in jujitsu. So I'm like, yeah, 
All right. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Congratulations. Yeah. That's Thanks, really man. cool. Yeah, I Thank mean uh, number two. I'm gonna I'm gonna not be a copycat, but I'm gonna be a copycat because it's unique to me too. Uh my wife and my son. My son's uh thirteen years old. Um my wife and I met when we were I guess you'd say we were kids, even though we were in our early twenties, because uh I, like Max, was smart enough to marry an Irish girl. And uh <laughs> we both <laughs> we both tore it up uh for a long time together and um you know after we had our uh after we had our son that that particular day it's actually very very funny so my wife has comfortably numb tattooed on her back and she's kind of a clown right so she's she goes in to get uh to get her epidural and i hear everybody in the operating room just laughing so i'm like what the hell did she do uh and long story short, we're in there, and uh, the anesthesiologist is a metal fan, and he knew me because he used to see my old band. And he said, "Hey, you're a metal dude. You want to peek over the curtain?" Oh. So I so I peeked over the curtain oh. while while she was having her C-section, oh. and uh, my life completely changed in that one moment for so oh. many reasons. So I was like, "Aaron, I love you so much." I see everything now. And uh, then I heard my son start crying, and boom, a light switch hit. And uh, all those things that I used to do, I stopped. Um, and uh, as he was growing up, I was still playing music uh, up until he was about two. And I'll, I won't, won't ever forget this. We played a Halloween metal fest in Detroit. And uh, he had said his first word while I wasn't home. It was it, it was uh, Beelzebub, right? <laughs> it was motherfucker. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, nah, he had actually said Dada while I wasn't home. Uh, so I was like, you know, maybe I really should uh, should take a break for a little bit. And you know, I waited until. Uh, Honestly, I waited till he was probably about eleven or twelve. Uh, right around the time we started getting together was the was when I really decided to get back into it because I didn't want to be an absent dad, you know. Um, yeah. And you know, I have a great connection with him. He makes me uh, he strives to make me a better person, but also uh, a little bit of a uh, testing age at thirteen with a boy. I hear it's close with girls, but uh, it's, yeah, it's yeah. and my wife. Uh, I'm I'm very blessed with her. She's super supportive over everything I do. Um, I can't even tell you how much equipment I have, and the fact that this woman oh, has bad. even thought of divorcing me yet. <laughs> bad, man, every fucking week. Something. I'm not kidding. She's man. running the numbers on eBay, so she knows she'll be set when you're Listen, gone. It's a, it's a circle of equipment. Things come in, things go out. Things come in, things go out. But I don't know how you do it. Sure. I don't know how you do it. Um, yeah, these are the talks I like having, man. You know, <laughs> good. It's the real shit. You know. Um. So I'm gonna go for my last. Uh. And my last, actually, I'm gonna hold this up. Um, because this is, uh, you'll see the H on there, um, and you will see 
Uh, let me get it in there. Jeff Hanneman's uh, autograph. Um, nice. So, you know, all the music that I absolutely love, you know, and it's everything. I play, I play drums, right? And I, I play all sorts of world music stuff, right? When it comes down to it, the record that I have played the most, far fucking none, like I know. The record that I have spun the most on vinyl, I've played the most on CD, and I've played on Spotify the most is Rain and Blood. Um, and to me, uh, Jeff Hanneman was the greatest metal riff writer of all times. And to me, Slayer is just the, they're, they're where it's at for me forever. So, you know, I, that doesn't mean that I don't love all the other bands I listen to and all that stuff. But when you talk about molding me as a player, like big time, big time in terms of my writing and stuff like that. So Jeff Hanneman is, is huge to me nice all right so i love how so max and i didn't really talk before we did this <laughs> i didn't know that you were going to ask this question but it's very funny that you asked this question he did that because i have this right here and this is gary holt's signature guitar and he is one of my favorite guitar players of all time and he has my favorite color scheme going. So uh, I've been very attracted to um, Exodus uh, in my later years, and I feel like a complete shithead for not listening to them as much as I should have when I was younger. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, Gary's story, um, the way yeah. that Gary writes, and um, just you know not just music but lyrics and and the way he approaches things he's a huge inspiration to me and i feel like if we were actually you know in the same space we'd be fast friends yeah. um i'm lucky enough to have this guy in the band because uh for my birthday he got me a cameo from gary and, <laughs> uh, and that was like a spike through my head when that when that hit that was that was so freaking cool I heard Gary Holt say our band name. He knows my equipment. It's awesome. So Gary Holt is definitely like uh, at least my modern a my modern day inspiration. I'll give you. I'll jump on that for one second too because it's a it's a cool story. But so when I was playing in Sick of It All a million years ago, um, one of the first. That, so we were doing a lot of like Northeast states and all that stuff. This is when um, uh, um, Blood, Sweat, and No Tears came out. So. Um, I wound up doing all the initial touring for it and I forget where we were, but we had a couple of dates with Exodus and, um, I'm like, the, I'm like this kid. I was just this kid and I, you know, I'm like trying to figure things out and like, holy shit. Now I'm like, you know, I'm on tour and I'm playing with Exodus who I absolutely loved and I'm playing in this amazing band, you know, whole thing. And I remember, playing frisbee with gary in uh in the parking lot and just him being the nicest guy in the world you know and as a guy who is really young and talk about molding like he was just hanging out like he wasn't I mean, it was just daytime and there was nothing else to do and he's like hey you know it's you know and just really cool so there's a story right. story for you nice gary's a great guy and then uh uh 
any message that you guys have? I mean, we've mentioned, you know, quite a few of our connections to our, our military. And I always like to, uh, you know, give them, give them a shout out, but any message you have for our military members currently serving overseas? You want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Well, I do. Um, go ahead. I actually, sorry to go off camera for a second. Um, so I come from a family of military. I never joined. Um, I think I probably should have, but I'm glad I didn't for how my life went. But I have family currently in the military um, on both sides. My wife's side uh, had military as well. Um, one, uh, my, my brother-in-law, Kevin, uh, passed away during COVID. Uh, this is my little piece of him here. Um, I carry him with me whenever we go out of town. Um, and uh, my, uh, my stepbrother, Joey, is still active service in the Army uh, with his wife and his family. Uh, and I, uh, I'm a big supporter of uh, the veterans, um, whether it be a veterans benefit, a uh, closed drive, uh, just going making sure everybody has food for Thanksgiving. Um, I'm a Freemason, uh, so we do a lot of uh, veterans benefits. And I was fortunate enough uh, this past summer to play a, uh, a veterans benefit show down in South Jersey as a fill-in for a band, Weapon X. Um, where we raised a lot of money for, uh, for the, uh, the American warrior foundation, uh, and, you know, they're super special to us. Um, people don't understand, you know, freedom's only one generation away. And if, yeah. if you don't give a fuck about it, it, it could be gone just like that. And the people that are keeping it there are those people that are in the uniforms. You know, yeah. no matter what branch it is, they're the most important people that you really should honor and respect. Um, every time I see somebody that's that's uh, that's serving or served, I make a point to it to thank them and let them know that they're appreciated uh, because there's there's too many people. Especially like I live, I'm from the Bronx. I live in New York. Um, I see too many people just like shit on all that stuff here, you know, and, you know, not being political or anything. It's just people are so detached, you know, because they've never experienced it, you yeah. know, live a day in your shoes and, you know, you'll know what kind of man you are, you know, and like for you, you, you know, that, uh, you know, you might've felt like he was blowing your spot up in the bar when he was announcing you being the biggest badass in there. Right. When he was standing on the bar. But point is how many other people that served were in there with you? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, you know, it's either you respect it or you 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 just don't know what you should be respecting. And people really should understand that. So, if there's any message for that, be great. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, we're like a generation away from losing it all, man. And if what we have been through since, like, 2020 as a nation hasn't woken everybody up yet, man, I don't know what, you know. Uh, it blows my mind how old we are that – uh. 2001 is yeah is a, a history lesson now you know yeah. i remember exactly where i was when that shit happened in the city you know yeah it's, my youngest wasn't even born yet you know my oldest was just a year old man just you know and that was just like for me i was just like because i mean it was just like fun and games 
in the reserves and the Navy and stuff during that time. And then it got real. And then it was like, and then I had a baby, you know? Yeah. So, but, uh, but yeah, man, you know, just, I appreciate that message. And, uh, um, I don't know, Max, if you wanted to add anything. Or yeah, so, so, well, first of all, I think it's important to note that I'm, that I also haven't served. Right. And so the thing that, that I always I had a really interesting conversation this summer, um, just, just was at the beach and wound up talking to this guy who uh, was a young veteran. And I think I'm echoing Frank's message on this part, which is if you, if you haven't been involved, you just don't know. Um, and things that, 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 that happen to service people, certain things you, you would never, you would never think of, right. Just daily things that I, you know, are horrible. Um, and you're trying to do the right thing for the right reason, which I think is, uh, is, is an amazing, amazing idea. So I don't know what it's like. I can't tell you that I lived it. Um, and the other thing that that kind of is, is just always been surprising to me, and it's not necessary. It hasn't doesn't really have to do with active so much. Is um, the history of the VA, and it really really bugs me that we don't take care of service people once they're out. Um, I don't know what your experiences are like specifically, but. A lot of my family members and people that I've talked to are always struggling to get what they need or what they were promised, let's say, yeah, from the VA. And it's just like this whole huge bureaucracy thing to just get medication, you know, yeah. um, and that that really that that kind of stuff really bothers me. Um, so I absolutely salute um, active service people. And I hope that when they do retire um or or get out um that they have a, a they have a, as much smooth sailing as possible um getting what they were promised yeah um i mean i will say you know and i'm not like by no means like a huge advocate for the va i've done most of my like healing and stuff it, through, uh, you know, veteran ran organizations outside the VA, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, it, it, it has come a long way from where it originally oh, that's was. Great to hear. You know, now that I'm in the system, like I do get, you know, I, I'll give, they're, they're finally taking this like whole health approach now with like, before it's like just getting chiropractic care was like unheard of, you know? Yeah. yeah. Now they're finally, getting into more of the holistic stuff and it's not all just throwing pills at, at you. So yeah, progress, man. It's still got a long way to go, but definitely, definitely. I'm, glad to, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. I'm really glad yeah. to hear that. Cause there's, uh, like I said, there was a conversation I had this summer and then um, um, with a few people for some reason in the past year um, about this stuff and to add the, the stress from what from what I understand, to add the stress onto the whatever the issues are is just it's unfair. So anyway, like I said, I I hope for the best and smooth sailing. Yeah, thank you guys. Yeah. Um, well, man, I really appreciate you know uh, your guys's time today and having this conversation. And I love you know as much as I love you know I know you know we got to hit the hit the bullet points and promote albums and 
you know, the band and stuff like that. I personally enjoy getting to know the people, you know, and uh, you guys, you know, got to learn a lot about you guys today. And I'm glad to uh, honored to have had this conversation with you guys today. And hopefully, uh, you know, let me know when another demon's going to come through Cleveland and play. Definitely hit that show, man. Absolutely. We appreciate you, man. Thank you so yeah, much. For having was, I'm, I'm going to say, yeah, too, like it, to, to, to be as interactive with, uh, with you was so great today. You know, I mean, we could easily have gone right just for, you know, whatever promo stuff and all that, but you're right. It's not, it's nowhere near as much fun. So, you know, it was awesome, awesome to get to know you and it'll be fun to, uh, you know, to see you in, in real, you know, in real life and do the whole hug and handshake thing, man. It was, yeah, yeah, and exactly. thank you. And thank you for, you know, for having us here. It was, it was just so fucking cool, man. It's really, yeah, fun. for sure. I, hopefully I, I did hit the, we did hit the important bullet. That's not the, we're, we, yeah, yeah, we did great. Right. We did great. Right. The point yeah. is, <laughs> um, this was awesome. Three way yeah, awesome, man. It's awesome. Well, great, man. Great, great talking with you guys. And, uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, I'll be, I'll be checking it out, man. And awesome. if we uh, if we come to Cleveland, we'll go to Melt or something like that, and uh, get some dinner. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm friends with Matt, the owner, so yeah, we'll hit that place awesome. up. <laughs> That'll awesome. be a cheat day. Awesome. <laughs> so have a right, have a great holiday. The best to uh, to you and uh, your your daughters, um, and uh, we'll see you soon. And happy holiday to all your listeners.